How you guys doing? You guys doing good? Turn to each other and say, you look so beautiful. <laughs> I notice we have pretty much mostly girls here today, mostly women. I'm sorry we have two brothers here as well. That's awesome. Man, it's really good to be here with you guys, um, especially this is your last meeting as a campus, I believe, correct? Before the retreat. Are you guys going to continue to meet after this, after the retreat, by, by, by campus? So this isn't your last meeting. Okay. All right, never mind. Um, yeah, it's really good to be here. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah. Like, I just have a huge heart uh, for college students and for college ministry. Um, I was once a college student. Some of you may think I'm in college right now. I am not. Um, graduated a long time ago. But uh, college times were very pivotal times in my life where I came to know God in some very powerful uh, ways that have uh, shifted my life and changed the trajectory of my life. And I really believe in faith that that's what Emmaus is doing for you guys as you guys have been going through, you know, these meetings and, and you know, some of you attend New Philly and you guys have been blessed. But um, anyway, so when is the last uh, meeting of the semester? June 2nd. Okay. Okay. But anyways, that's besides the point. <laughs> you guys have been blessed so far? Yeah? You guys have about uh, a good month or two, right, left here. At, in Korea, attending a school for, for and attending Emmaus for those of you guys who are called here. Um, and uh, we have a retreat this weekend. You guys excited about that? How many of you guys are going to the retreat? Wow, most of you guys are. That's awesome. And, uh, and to those who are not going to the retreat, um, I'll try not to judge you, but um, <laughs> I'm joking. Everyone, I'm sure we all have our reasons. Uh, but before I begin, let me just open up with a word of prayer. Yeah, Father, I just thank you so much for tonight. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence. We invite you to come and speak to us, God. Yeah, I thank you that you have a word for us tonight. And Father, we pray there will be no distractions. We pray that um, there, would, there would be nothing that would get in the way from us receiving uh, your word and hearing your voice tonight. So God, would you come, would you mark this time as a special anointed time? Uh, and um, Father, yeah, we just invite your presence. Would you increase your presence, even as a word is being transmitted, even as the word of God goes forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I just want to do tonight, just do something very simple. I just want to do, share a word of encouragement to you guys, because um, <clears throat> um, I know that it's not your last meeting, but you know, we got about a month or two left. You're, you're counting down the days. You know, church retreats this weekend, and after that, there's only a few more weeks left. Um, Eunice, how many more meetings do we have then until? Yeah. Including joint launch group. Okay. Um, and I guess I just wanted to share a message of, of encouragement because, um, Man, I feel like Emmaus is such a dynamic ministry, and people get blessed. They come into this place, and they, they don't leave the same. And, um, you know, I feel like that's many of us. But at the same time, I feel like there's also many of us who struggle yet coming to Emmaus. There's many of us who struggle with the same issues, same old habits and addictions and mindsets. 
and maybe some of us have yet to experience any of that type of breakthrough that you've seen in your friends who are just set on fire. And maybe deep inside you're like, man, what's wrong with me? You know, why am I not getting it? Why am I not getting it? And even with this retreat coming up, I mean, we're all going to attend the retreat. Most of you guys are. But let me be real. I mean, some of you guys are going to be more blessed than other people. You know, I, 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 when I led a small group at, at New Philly, um, all my guys would go to the retreat, and, and people would go, and, and you know, I, I would have members in small group that would come back a little disappointed, being like, oh, man, I wish I was, you know, I wish I encountered God in a specific way. That way didn't happen. Um, uh, you know, what, what was that about, you know? And so, you know, I feel like even for this retreat, I'm not saying don't have expectations, have that. Like, God's going to come and move powerfully. But, um, but there will always be many of us, maybe, that will not get as blessed um, as, as, as we would have liked. Um, and, and, you know, even with the time in Korea, for those of you who are going back home after, after the semester, it's, uh, you only have a few more meetings left, and you're like, oh, man, you know, like, I, my faith has kind of gotten back on track here at New Philly and, and attending Emmaus, but back at home, it's like they, they still worship with just a piano. We just sing hymns back at home. You know, we have none of this cool band stuff. We don't have a worship leader like Johnny McCartney with that butter voice. You know, my worship leader back home, she's she just out of tune all the time. It's like, it's like, oh, man, what am I going to do? You know, am I going to – can I still stay on fire? And uh, tonight, um, you know, I just want to say that you're going to be okay no matter what state that you're in. Turn to each other and say, you're going to be okay. Turn to each other and say this too. God isn't finished yet. And that's my message tonight. That's the title of my message tonight. God isn't finished yet. Yeah. Because a lot of times I think we're tempted to believe that, man, this is it. This is, this is I mean, or, or a lot of times we ask that question, is this it? God, is this really it? You know, I, I, I'm still not free from this. I'm not still, I'm still not free from this, or I'm still struggling with this or that. And, and, we, ten, and we can be tempted to fall into a place of hopelessness, being like, oh, man, I'm never going to get my breakthrough. But tonight, I just want to break that lie off, you guys, and just speak that truth that God isn't finished with you yet. He's not finished with you yet here at Emmaus, and he's not finished with you yet even after Emmaus when you go back home. I want to say tonight that it's not that more than anything else, guys, that God's faithfulness over your life is going to win out over any circumstance you find yourself in, over any church that you're attending, over any worship that you're attending, that God, like he's sovereign from all that stuff. And that what he started in your life, that God, he's going to finish that. He's going to complete that. Do you guys believe that? And so I want to give you permission in these last few weeks as you're stepping into these last few weeks to step into it, not, into a, not from a place of cynicism, not from a place of like um, despair or discouragement, but I want to give you permission that you can step into it from a place of hope, from a place of joy, and from a place of peace. Because you know that in the end, it's not up to you to change yourself. In the end, it's not up to you to kind of like make things happen and, and free yourself. But in the end, God is going to be the one to do that. Because God is real, and He's committed to you. And the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And the Holy Spirit's going to move. You guys receive that? Excellent. Very good. If you have your Bibles, open up to Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. 
I'm just going to read. Um, I'm going to read from the NIV. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's look at that verse 6 again. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, that's each and every one of you guys, God has begun a good work in you. If you're here tonight at Emmaus, God's already started a work in you. He will carry it on to completion. Everyone say completion. Completion until the day of Christ. Not partialness, you know, not like, oh, getting gypped out, you know, like he's going to bring it to completion, full completion on the day, until the day of Christ Jesus. That's good news. I'm like, <laughs> that meant to come out as a question. <laughs> I came out as like a command. <laughs> That's good news? Yeah. There you go, there you go. I just raised my voice at the end of that to make it like a question. Um, yeah, you know, I think about this passage and how many of you guys heard this passage before? How many of you guys heard this verse before? Um, not many of you, only two of you apparently. <laughs> Read your Bibles, you pagans. But, um... <laughs> um you know, like, do you, uh, do you guys understand the context of this passage? Like, Paul, like, he's in jail right now. Like, he is in jail. He's separated from his churches. Um, like, this guy, if you, if you know Apostle Paul, he is the most, like, productive, most, um, you know, and in Philly, we, we, we talk a lot about temperaments, right? Uh, if you guys are familiar with, with that sort of talk. But um, he's, like, the most choleric guy in the Bible. Like, he gets things done. He plants churches. He establishes elders, moves on, and then... You know, he's like, he's like Pastor Christian times 100, you know. He's just like, plant churches everywhere, you know. Um, but now he's separated from his churches, and he's in jail. And he's like, you know, if I were him, I just, I don't know. I don't know what I'd be doing. I, I'd be freaking out because it's like, you know, my churches are, are, I'm not with my church. It's like, they need me. I need to be there for them. I need to teach them. I need to pastor, pastor them. Um, and if I were him, I'd be freaking out. I'd be like, man, I got to get, I got to hit up my homeboys and, and if, and if, in the church of Ephesus and Galatians and, and Philippians, but what am I doing here? I am, I'm useless. I'm in prison. Like that would be my attitude if I were Paul. But what is Paul's attitude? He's like, man, I always pray with joy. Yeah. This is awesome. I'm on vacation right now. You guys are on your own. You know, I'm sure that wasn't his heart. But um, he's like, I always pray with joy. Not with anxiety. Not with like fear or like worry. But I'm praying with joy. You know, being confident of this, that he began a good work in you. You know what? God's going to be the one to bring it to completion. And then it's not up to me. And, you know, I think it takes a supernatural faith to be like Paul, man. Because, because back in the day, you have to also remember that Christianity... It was like, right now Christianity is considered the world's largest religion. Back in that day, it wasn't. It was a cult. Christianity was actually a cult. You know, Jewish people were like, this is a cult. And it's fastly growing. And so it did not have like the pervasive um, influence that it has today. And so it's like, that's how much more fragile the church was. Because it's so, so young. And yet one of the key leaders of this cult back then, and, and this church is, is in jail you know, so it's like he didn't have the luxury for his church members to go to some other church and, and administer or get blessed. Like there were no other churches around. It was just his churches. And so he couldn't bank on anyone else. But yet he again exhibits a supernatural faith and a supernatural peace and a supernatural joy. Because why? Again, because he had faith that God was going to finish the work that he started. 
There's a saying that goes, God's will, God's bill. God's vision, God's provision. And you know, it's, uh, it's the same way with us. The same way with us. Some of us may also feel um, tempted, or some of us may also feel just straight up discouraged, or, or you know, we may be in a place of, of hopelessness and just frustration and discouragement. But then I feel like we can really learn from the Apostle Paul in that kind of situation. Like this guy, like he was in jail, okay? Like you're not in jail. Like he was in jail. He was separated from everything that was going on. You know, I mean, just imagine the immense burden and responsibility upon his life to take care of people, but he just wasn't there for them. It was really a work of the Spirit. It was really a work of God that in the prison, God gave him peace. And God gave him ability to trust in him, to trust in God, that God will take care of things. And I feel like tonight, that's what God wants to teach us in some way. You're not managing churches, you're not leading churches or anything, but just over your own soul. Like tonight, my point tonight is that I want you guys to receive the peace and joy from the Spirit, that no matter what you're going through right now, no matter how, no matter how deep of a pit that you find yourself in, that you know what, in the end, God's going to complete the work that He started. He's going to lift you up out of that pit. He's going to break that addiction that you keep, that you keep, you know, has become a habit. He's going to break every unhealthy mindset off of you. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You don't have to pray in a place of worry and anxiety. You don't have to pray in a place of, like, defeat. But you're right, and your privilege is that you get to play, pray from a place of joy. Not because everything's happened already, but because you believe that in the end God will do it. And that's what I want us to take, us, take, take away from this passage. Um, but nevertheless, still, I just want to throw a few things at you guys, just a few uh, points from this passage that will help you um, stay in a place of, of, of joy and stay in a place of, of, of faith in God. Yeah. And so three things that we see here in this passage. You know, some of you, as you listen to this, you're like, oh, that's easier said than done, Pastor Joel. You don't know what I've been through in my life. You know, you don't know what I, and, um, and that's true. It is easier said than done. You know, I don't mean to minimize, you know, whatever experiences you went through. As, as I'll share later, I went through my fair share of experiences. Um, but um, I want to give you some tips now that will actually help you, that will, that will serve as, uh, I don't know, what's the word? It will give you a good structure in which it will help you to uh, uh, stay in that place of hope, of hope in the midst of um, contending for something in your life. So um, the first thing I want to tell you guys, it says uh, in straight up in verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God every time. Everyone say, I thank my God every time. Every time. With more sass. Every time. All right. That's the key, guys. This is probably the most important thing. Like, Thanksgiving. Frequent Thanksgiving, number one. Frequent Thanksgiving. Many of us, we, we just give thanks when something major or big happens in our lives, right? And... And, and that's, the, uh, that's the level, that's, that's the degree to which we give thanksgiving. But this passage teaches us, I thank my God every time. I remember you, you know, every time. And so um, we need to get into an attitude of gratitude. Say attitude of gratitude. I wish I could say I coined that myself. But that's a, for many preachers, that's, that's something that, that's been a cliche that's been thrown around. Um, but an attitude of gratitude. 
And so to get into an attitude of gratitude, what you need to do, you need to step into the place of celebrating the small things. The small things. You know, don't see what God's not doing. Okay? But see what God is doing. I guarantee you guys, he's always doing something. God is not dead. He's alive. Amen? His plans for you are not dead. They're alive. They're, they are emotion. That's encouraging, actually. The plans for your life, your breakthroughs, all that, it's emotion. It hasn't like uh, sputtered and dead. This, whether you're being faithful to God or being unfaithful, that doesn't change a thing. God's plans for your life are still emotion. They're still going forward. Because God is sovereign. And, he's, and, he, and it's his faithfulness that will change you. And his faithfulness that will bring the breakthrough. And so God is always doing something. So what you need to do is not stop seeing what God is not doing. You know, but, but see, ask God, Lord, look, what are you doing? What are you doing? Ask that question. And, and the Holy Spirit will just bing, bring something to your mind and your heart. And then what you got to do is not be like, oh, that's not big enough. You know, oh, that was just, uh, you know. Why don't you, you know, get off your high horse and actually thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for even small things. You know, you go into a supermarket and, and, a, and a kind neighbor opens the door for you. Thank the Lord for that. You know, be like, I failed my test, but wow, there's a nice person. There's still good people in this world, and he's opening that door for me. Sorry, that's kind of trivial, right? <laughs> okay. Um, but, like, honestly, like, that's, you got to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for everything. Even after tonight, as you walk back home, thank God. Be like, oh, man, Pastor Joel, such a, his message is okay, but, you know, you know, I still got something out of it. I thank you for that. You're going to get a lot out of this message, right? It's going to be more than okay. But, um, I mean, thank the Lord. Frequent thanksgiving. Um, and that's one way that you can stay in a place of faith and hope. Yeah. Because when you thank God, when you thank the Lord, even, even if it's like, like a forced thing, it's like, oh, fine, fine, thank you. You know, even that little thank you, like honestly, guys, that pleases the Lord. It pleases God. And it pleases the Holy Spirit within you. And the Spirit comes alive. And all of a sudden, you just you know, you'll feel more joy after that. And so for me, you know, I've preached this so many times. You've probably heard it from me at one point or another if you've heard me preach before. But when I spend time with God, much of it is just thanking God. It's like every time I thank God, it's like, it's like, um, you guys, you guys ever play Mario Kart? You guys ever play racers? And you just get speed boosts, right? You know? Like, when I thank God, those are like my speed boosts in my prayer times with God. No joke. When I thank God, it's like, you know, I just, I feel like my spirit's just awakening. And it causes me to go deeper in the Lord. So anyways, thank God. Frequent thanksgiving, number one. Number two, um, it says in verse five, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Number two is partner in the gospel. Everyone say partner in the gospel. So my second point is not just, don't just uh, thank the Lord, but get involved at church. Partner in the gospel. Get involved here at Emmaus. Talk to Eunice. Campus Director Eunice. You guys just call Eunice a Campus Director Eunice. Okay, just Eunice. Okay. <laughs> that'd be a little... Oh, Pastor Eunice. Okay, that'd be a little awkward. Campus Director Eunice. <laughs> Campus Director Eunice. Okay, sorry. Um, um, like, partner, get involved, okay? At, um, even, like, when you go back home, don't stay isolated. Like, get involved at church. Like, there's so many things that you got out of this ministry. There's so many things that you received. Now it's time for you to pour out. Um... And that's one of the most encouraging things that I hear from Emmaus alumni who go back home. Like, they get home, and, and, and man, they, they become such a huge blessing to their churches. You know, they're not like, oh, man, why isn't my church like New Philly? <laughs> you know, they don't, they're not like that. But they're like, man, I've, 
they, they come back home, and, and of course, they still work, there's still work that needs to be done in their lives, but nevertheless, in that place that, they're, that they are in already, God uses them such, to be such a huge blessing to their church. And so partner in the gospel, and, um, and that will help you um, also stay in a place of faith and hope, contend. Um, finally, third point. You guys got that, right? Don't ever stay isolated, okay? Don't ever go home and, and you got my point. Okay, third point. Um, finally, uh, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, and our third point is be confident. Stand in a place of confidence. And honestly, you just need to make that shift in your spirit. You know, I've got no magic formula to tell you, like, oh, you know, if you do this, then you'll be more confident. Like, you just need to make a decision. You need to just take a step of faith at that point and be like, you know what? Even though I don't see it right now, you know what? It's going to come. You know, I believe that one day it's going to happen to me. Like, you just need to make that shift. You, 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 just, need, you just need to step out in the place of faith. Um, man, when I was in college and I was going through things in my life, um, um, yeah, you know, what I would do is whenever I'm on my buses to college, you know, I remember all the time I would think, okay, you know, I am, I may be like this right now. I may struggle with this right now, but I know I'm going to overcome it. Like that thought, it would always continue to run through my head for every little thing that I was going through. And honestly, that actually drew me closer towards breakthrough than just kind of looking at myself and be like, oh, woe is me, you know, like it's never going to happen. Like, you know, you need to break your agreement again, break your agreement against your doubt, um, but come into a place of confidence. Have confidence. Um, yeah. I was just going to throw another Bible passage at you, and I mean, but I think, I feel like I can do that, but I feel like right now, the word of the Lord is, some of you just need to just make a decision. Just make a stand and be like, you know what? I'm just going to believe. You can do it. There's nothing stopping you from doing that, just beside yourself. And so, um, so my point number three is always contend and always stand in the place of confidence despite whatever is going on. Have confidence. Have confidence. Because someday, you know, you will. Someday, God will bring that breakthrough. Someday, it will happen. Um, yeah. Have, be confident. Have confidence in that truth because you know that God is orchestrating um, um, the breakthrough that he wants to bring over your life. There's a praise song I sang growing up in church and during Sunday school. Um, and, um, and, and actually, the more I listen to the lyrics, the more powerful I you know, the song is, and I'm just like, man, I, I really took this song for granted growing up. But have you guys ever heard a song, Little by Little? Little by little, every day. Yeah, look at one girl was like, little by little, every way my Jesus is changing. <laughs> wow. Okay, this is being recorded. I didn't mean to sing so high. Is changing me, is changing me. Since I made a turnabout face, I've been growing in his grace. Jesus is changing me. <laughs> He's changing me. My precious Jesus. These words good. I'm not the same. 
person that I used to be. Sometimes it's slow going, but still there's knowing that one day perfect I will be. That's a powerful song. That song is like, it's, it's actually really powerful, guys. Little by little, every day, little by little, every way, my Jesus is changing me. There's actually nothing corny about that. Like, it's actually real true. Since I made a turnabout face, I've been growing in his grace. My Jesus is changing me. He's changing me, my precious Jesus. I'm not the same person that I used to be. That's just the truth. Sometimes it's slow going, but still there's knowing that one day perfect I will be. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about, guys. This song right here, that Jesus, he's changing you little by little. You don't see it right now. You may not be going as fast as you want right now, but it doesn't change the fact that his plan and purpose for your life is in progression and nothing's stopping that. And you can do nothing to mess that up. Your own faults, your own weaknesses, your own screw-ups cannot change and derail God's plan for your life. God will be faithful to bring you to that place where you need to be. Amen? Amen. And, you know, it's the Bible, not only in New Testament, I just, you know, we read Philippians, but even through the Old Testament, that's what God has been doing all the time. Jeremiah 24, 7. You know, he's like, you know, it's, he's like, I'm going to be the one to give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. I'm going to move them to follow after me. I'm going to take that heart, that, um, the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. Um, Psalm 23, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm going to be the one to do it. For, for, for my name's sake, I'm going to be the one to guide you. Um, Man, just passages all over the New Testament about God's faithfulness in your life and how God's going to bring you over. And so, um, that is awesome news. That is awesome news. You have every reason right now just to enjoy the ride. You know, not, get, not worry so much. Because God is doing something. You can worry. I give you permission to worry as well. You can be anxious. You can go to your room and, and cry yourself a river about something that's not going right. God will still do it. You get me? Or you can go back to your room and be like, you know what? I don't see it, but I'm going to stay in a place of joy and peace and faith and trust you. And then God will still do it. Like, which way are you going to choose? It's irrational to choose the one that will cause you pain, you know? It's irrational to go back and be like, ah, when, like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Man, growing up, um, you know, you're like, you guys probably are like, man, this guy, he's so full of it, you know? He's like, you know, he's like, he's like speaking like this, like it's so easy. Like he's so sure, he's so confident. You know, I am confident. Because you know what? I went through things in my life. You don't think I was in that place one time where I was like, God, am I ever going to get healed of this? You don't think I was ever in this place one time where I was like, God, am I going to ever, you know, get better at this? You know, I just want to share just, you know, just a little bit, some of, the, some of the issues that I overcame in my life that God has been faithful to deliver me from and give me a victory over. Can I testify? One of the things that I, I, I struggled with growing up was that um, I had a very weak stomach. Very weak stomach. Like anything I ate, oh man, I'd get stomach aches and I, you know, um, it just wouldn't be good. And so like, oh man, it's like you, the bathroom is like the most hated place you ever want to go. Because the only image and the only emotion, the only thought that you equate with the bathroom is pain. Like that's what it was for me. And, and furthermore, not just that, but like, it's like, it's like you want to, you, you can only stay in your bathrooms because like you feel like, you know, um, 
you're afraid of that possibility that there are no bathrooms available when you have to go. Like I had bad stomach issues and I had constant diarrhea. I had something called IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. It would torture you. I could not go out. I could not act. I could not be free with my friends. You know, I'd be hanging out and the only thing in my mind was like, where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? And then, you know, I'd be socially awkward um, because I can't help it because I'm so focused on that. You know, um, I'd be at church. I'd be leading worship. And then, um, you know, I, 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 I had pain. I had to sit down. And, and honestly, there's so many times where I came before the Lord by myself as a high school student, kneeling down on my carpet floor, being like, God, like, you need to heal me. Like, I can't live like, my life like this anymore. Like, are you ever going to heal me? Are you ever going to heal me? And um, I continued throughout college and things like that. You know, I used to be really chubby back in the day. But because when I got hit with IBS, I lost 30 pounds each summer. And I just, I became, I mean, I'm a little older now. I never become some little, I got a belly right now. But, um, but like back in the day, man, I, w- I was like a stick. And so I was just, um, freshman 15, have you guys heard of that term? Freshman 15 for me was I lost 15 pounds. And so like, I look good. Well, my, my cheeks were like in, you know, I looked like a skeleton. Like I just came out of a concentration camp. Like that's how it looked like. It was that bad. Um, but you know what? Honestly, I never, I never thought that God could heal me. I honestly thought that it was something that I'd have to live with my entire life. I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. I struggle with IBS, but it's not as bad as other people who struggle with IBS. But then little by little, every day, little by little, every way, my Jesus, he changed me. You know, it wasn't like one day, bam, I was completely set free. But like one day, by little by little, year after year, um, I began to become more comfortable eating. I became more comfortable going out in public and overcoming my anxieties and my fears. And, and as soon as I realized my stomach was able to handle things a lot better. And, and, um, and then one day, before you know it, I realized it's no longer an issue in my life. I can go out in public and I can, you know, do whatever I want and not worry about my stomach acting up. Like there's freedom over my life. God has healed me. God has healed me. Like even coming to Korea, I was so scared. And this was like three years ago. Um, like Pastor Christian, I met with him back in Jersey. And I was like, I hope you understand that I have a stomach issue. <laughs> I said that. And I'm like, hope you understand that sometimes I may flake out and not be able to come to certain things. And he was like, God, God can heal you of that. And I was like, shut up. You know, you don't think I've heard that from like 50, 100, 50 500 other pastors? I didn't say that though. I was like, okay, okay. All right, just, just letting you know though, Okay. And now three years into New Philly, I've gone on eight mission trips. I've gone in the most, you know, poverty-stricken areas of the world where there's no, like, plumbing and things like that. I've gone back, and now I, what I, I used to hate missions, you know, because of my stomach and all, all the painful memories associated with missions. But now I love missions. Like, I look forward to it. I just came back from Nepal, you know, and, and like, you know, I made that video, you know, and it's like God completely healed me. It's no longer an issue. Like, I would be lying to you guys if I said it bothered me anymore. It didn't. And um, I share this because there was, there was a time in my life where I thought I wouldn't be able to be healed of it. There was, I share this because there was a time in my life where I was just like, you know, it's never going to happen. You know, I just have to live with it. Um, but God didn't share that belief. And God finished that work in my life. And, and honestly... I don't have time to share about many other things that he's brought me breakthrough in. But, you know, God isn't finished with me either. And, and, and because I have I've experienced these things, I can stand in a place of faith 
and, and, and speak that over you, you know, and, and speak these things with authority because I've, I've gone through that. But I can also say at the same time with joy that he's not done with me. And so I'm excited for what comes up ahead. There's still things that I want to get, you know, grow in and things like that. And I know that that's only down the line and I'm going to get there, you know, whether I, you know, um, I'm going to get there and there's nothing I could do about it because God's going to be the one pushing me there. And that brings me so much joy and peace. And so that's my word over for you guys tonight that, um, you know, you guys may also be struggling with certain things. Um, but my encouragement to you is that, again, God isn't finished with you yet. He's going to bring deliverance. He's going to bring you freedom in that area. And um, he's going he's gonna to redeem and repay those ears of pain and those, those times of hardship. And he's going to bring blessing into your life. That's what God wants to do. It says that in, in the Bible, you know, you know, Jesus came because he came to give you life and life to the full. Do you guys believe that? Life to the full. Everyone say life to the full. He didn't come to give you a gyp life. He didn't come to give someone else a great life and you just, you know, somewhat okay. But he came to give you life to the full. He came to partner with you, to run with you, to do life with you and craft an amazing story out of your life. And so I want to encourage you. Some of you have been getting blessed already. Johnny, you can come up. And and some of you have been already experiencing breakthrough. Praise God. Um, But even for those who have been experiencing breakthrough, maybe there's still other areas in your life that you're still waiting on. This message is encouragement to you that God hasn't finished with you yet. And some of you guys are like, man, I haven't experienced Jack. I don't know why I come out here every Tuesday night. You know, it's like, it's done no good for me. But I want to also encourage you that, hey, you've got some more time because he's doing something. And he's not finished with you yet. This is the hope that we have, guys. This is the, the truth. This is not, I'm, I'm not speaking lies over you tonight. I'm only speaking truth to you. Truth from the Bible and truth from my own life experience. We serve a living Savior. Amen? He's not some religion, okay? He's not some, you know, some idea, some psychology. He's a living Savior, and He's a living love. And He loves you. He's committed to you. Amen. So, um...